0: Hello and welcome back to episode two of the calories and carbs podcast. I just want to say a massive thank you to anyone that has listened to episode one last week. Really appreciate everyone that was tagging me in their stories and stuff on Instagram and tell me that they were listening whether they were out for a walk or in the gym. Um, So thank you for that. And this week's episode is I'm going to try and keep it short. (laughs) I'm going to try and keep it within like the 20 minute mark so that you don't get too bored of me too quickly. Um, I'm going to talk about energy in versus energy out. So calories in versus calories out. I am sure you've heard about this a million times and I'm sure you've heard of a calorie deficit, which is what you would hear people saying that you need to be in to lose weight. Calorie deficit, calorie deficit. Some people may not even know what that means or what it's referring to as such, like in the bigger or the grand scheme of things when it comes to energy um, in and out so just to give you a little background like what is energy so energy when it comes to what we're talking about is the calories that we consume and the calories that we expend so we have um we consume calories obviously from food so plant foods and animal foods, whereas plants can get their energy from sunlight to synthesize their own food or their own proteins, fats, carbs. We have to get it from plants and from other animal products. So that's how we consume food and through liquids as well. But how we expend it is a little bit more complicated. And I think that's something that people get confused about. I know that a lot of people just think straight away when I say, how do we burn calories? They just say exercise. That they just think that's how we burn calories through exercise. when actually exercise is one of the smaller amounts of energy burned um, by our bodies on a daily basis. So I want to give you an idea of how that all works but I also want to keep it quite simple. So there's a thing called the energy balance equation and that's basically when our body body is at an energy is at an equal energy balance, that means that the amount of calories that we're consuming is equal to the amount of calories that we're expending. So you're in an equal energy balance. If we're in a negative energy balance, it just means the body's energy stores are being used. So if we're in a positive energy balance, it means that there's an increase in the body's energy stores, and that's normally getting stored as fat. So if you're in a negative negative energy balance, it's going to be a calorie deficit. And if you're in a positive energy balance, it's going to be a calorie surplus and that might sound more familiar to you. That just means basically one way you should be losing weight, one way you should be gaining weight. There's also then interrelationships after that, so like within that and things that people might not realize. So when you're dieting, you're consuming less calories in and sometimes that can have an effect on your calories out or your um, energy expenditure. And sometimes you won't even realize that. So you might be dieting, so your calories have reduced, and where you might move a lot more during the day um, when your calories were higher, now that your calories have dropped, you are automatically moving a little bit less. You're sitting down a little bit more, maybe you're taking the lift, you're avoiding walking places, and sometimes you won't realize that. And that is something that people um, need to take into account when they are dropping their calories. Another thing is if you are absolutely beasting it in the gym and going all out, but then you're done afterwards, you can't move, you're just laid on the sofa for the rest of the day, that's not going to get you closer to your goals in the most efficient way either because you're not moving after that gym session you shouldn't be completely dead and no energy left after a training session. Yes, it should be difficult. Yes, you should you should be progressing in some way or another, but that doesn't mean that you should be fucked for the rest of the day. Excuse my language. Um, so yes, think about that whenever you are, if you are dieting and you're like, why am I not losing weight faster? Why am I not making more progress? So when we speak about calories, first of all, calories is basically the unit of energy used um, in nutrition it's actually kilocalories that we use but calorie is like classed as the amount of heat required to raise the temperature of one gram of water by like one degree celsius so nutritionally we just say kilocalories but that's actually a thousand calories just to really confuse you. <laughs> but people will say calories and people will say kilocalories. It really doesn't matter. Um, they're always just talking about kilocalories, uh, And that's on the back of nutrition labels and stuff. You'll see Kcal. So that's what calories are. That's what your energy balance is. And if your energy balance is negative or positive, that's when you will lose weight or gain weight, respectively. So I suppose then the next thing would be how do we Burn energy or burn calories, and there's a few different ways that we do that. And like I said, it's not just through exercise specifically. So we have um, a total daily energy expenditure (TDEE), and that includes a few different things. So I'm going to speak first about your BMR or your RMR and your physical activity, and I'm going to speak about a few other different ways that we burn calories that you might not have been aware of, or you just weren't sure that that they made up such a big part of your energy expenditure. So BMR, this is like the largest component of energy expenditure. Whenever um, we think of our bodies and how many calories we burn, it's like makes up maybe sixty to seventy-five percent of the amount of calories you burn each day. And the reason that we need it is for our vital, like bodily functions, to work. And so, like your heart health, your breathing, your cells, and your protein turnover in your body, your electrolyte balance all of those things that you never really think about. We need the most of our calories each day to keep that right and to keep all that functioning. And that's what you should be thinking about rather than, oh, should we need calories? Like we burn calories through exercise. No, we burn calories through our bodies having to function properly to keep you alive. First of all, basal metabolic rate is your BMR. And that just means when you're asleep, the calories that you need for all those functions while you're asleep and then you have your resting uh, metabolic rate which is your rmr and that's basically just when you're awake and they do very slightly maybe five to ten percent but i'm just going to say bmr so how we would kind of estimate your bmr is down to body size first of all that's the main thing that we would look at Um, and it's usually fat free mass and this is influenced mostly by your weight your height your gender and your age so there's loads of calculations online for your BMR that you can check out. You can literally just search BMR calculator. And they'll ask you for those um, specific pieces of information and then they'll give you a rough idea of what your BMR is. That is just your BMR, then we have to take into account your exercise and your daily activity and stuff like that. So it won't, don't think that your BMR is exactly the amount of calories you should be having. It's not like that, but it will give you a rough idea of what calories you need for your BMR. Um, so aside from then, your weight, your height, your gender, and your age, there is um, there can be a variance between someone that is the exact same height, weight, gender, and age, um, up to about 10%, I think it is. And that could be just someone that's the exact same stats as you, but yet their BMR is slightly off. And usually this is more in women because we have obviously our menstrual cycle and that can change the, um, how our bodies burn calories just through heat and things like that at different times of the month. So that makes us think then that maybe there's genetics come into it as well slightly, but all in all, usually it's your weight, height, gender, and your age that accounts for your BMR aside from your body weight, your body size. Um... That's all you really need to know about your BMR right now. Just know that it is a thing and it keeps your body going and it's most of the calories that you need per day um, is going towards that. Then you have physical activity or your exercise that you choose to do, whether it's each day or three or four times a week, whatever it is. This depends on the amount of calories that you burn through physical activity. It depends on like the type of exercise that you do and the intensity that you do it at, as well as how long you spend on it. So obviously a big difference, someone doing a 30-minute hit session and someone doing a two-hour endurance training session. So our muscles contract, obviously, or they work whenever we are training. And this makes muscles produce three to four more times more heat, which means more calories burnt than we would just at rest. So that's how we burn more calories through exercise, basically. This probably takes up about 10 to 15% of someone's daily calories that they burn, So when we spoke before about BMR being 60 to 75%, when you think of exercise being only 10 to 15%, you will wonder why are you not looking at other things apart from the exercise um, in your day when it comes to how are you burning calories? And that's just what I want you to be aware of. So unless you're someone that's like a competition athlete or like a really heavy manual work, then yes, physical activity will be a lot higher on your, um, energy expenditure. So you might, you know, uh, physical activity might be 70% of how you burn calories in a day. Whereas your average person that works in an office, it will be 10 to 15% of their day. And this is where, um, I get clients to think about things when it comes to what their job entails and how active they are in a day. So I'll speak about that in a little bit, but I want to go through first the other ways that we burn calories. So we burn calories a few other ways, and I want to go through them. Um, there's five or six different ones I want to go through just really, really briefly. And they are basically forms of thermogenesis or uh, how th- how thermogenesis exists, basically. There's different, different forms of it. So there's isometric, there's thermogenesis, and this is basically how we sit or how we stand. So we burn calories, obviously, seated. We burn calories standing. If you're laying down, you burn calories, but there might be a little difference in the amount of calories you burn at each of those positions. So that's just isometric, just sitting, not, really, not moving, but in a position. And then you have dynamic thermogenesis, and this is like negative work. So this is like heat produced or calories burned from your muscles being stretched. So think of it maybe as someone going up a ladder but then coming back down when their muscles are being stretched, they're not exactly working as hard as they were on the way up, but their muscles are still being stretched on the way back down. So that is another way that you'll be burning calories. Then you have psychological thermogenesis and that's things like if you're really anxious or stressed, um, like epinephrine is produced whenever stress um, stimulates adrenaline. And that means that your heat in your body is going to be produced and increased. So, you're going to burn a little bit more calories. So that's obviously not a good thing as such, but it's just another way that you burn calories that you might not have thought of. So if you find yourself getting really hot and agitated and bothered, and you may be really worried about something or stressed about something, that's your body's way of reacting. And then you have cold induced thermogenesis. And that's basically something we don't really need to worry about because if you're cold, normally you'll just put on a jumper. If you're warm, you'll maybe take off your jumper. So like there's non-shivering and shivering forms, but non-shivering would be like in extreme circumstances or in extreme temperatures. So where you're not shivering, but your body has to work really hard um, to heat you up. Then you have diet-induced thermogenesis. And this is basically where the thermic effect of food comes in. And this is now kind of, known as diet-induced thermogenesis rather than thermic effect of food or thermic effect of eating, we produce heat after uh, we eat a meal. So that increases and we burn calories. Now, I could go way into this, but something to be aware of is that the, the breakdown of your macronutrients can vary or uh, the energy you burn through eating food can vary down to the breakdown of your macronutrients in that meal. The higher protein in the meal, the more calories you will burn or the more heat will be expended because um, it has a higher thermic effect than carbohydrates and fat. That's why we're always raving about increasing protein, increasing protein. I think it's up to 25, even maybe 30% of a high protein food that will be used up in the digestion, breaking down, processing of the food in terms of or in comparison to carbohydrates and fat maybe being below five, seven, ten percent. Um, so that is why we're always saying make sure you increase your protein, increase your protein um when you're dieting, as well as obviously protecting your muscles and um preventing muscle loss instead of fat loss. So diet-induced thermogenesis is just basically our bodies burning calories whilst eating to keep it simple. And the last one I'm going to mention is drug-induced thermogenesis. And you might be like, what? Um, But caffeine, nicotine and alcohol are all classed as drugs, let's say. And they are a big part of a lot of people's lives day to day. And all three of them stimulate thermogenesis. So like calories burnt or increasing heat in the body. So a cup of coffee, like a regular cup of coffee, can actually increase your BMR within an hour or two, like maybe five or 10 percent. Um. And as well as that then, like you have smoking cigarettes and like smoking cigarettes can increase your energy expenditure, maybe like, I don't know, is it five to 10, 15% even. So if you think about it and they kind of go hand in hand as well, caffeine and um, cigarettes or nicotine. And if you think about it, if someone stops smoking, usually, I think there's actually an average number of like seven kilos that people gain after they lose or after they cut out smoking. And that could be related to the slight increase in energy expenditure when they are smoking. That's like people smoking maybe 20 fags a day. And people will say, oh, I just have the munchies, you know, and just like eating everything just to replace that time that you'd usually be smoking. But also there is the actual science side of it that your energy expenditure is slightly increased when you are um, smoking. So when you're not smoking, then you might actually reduce your energy expenditure slightly ever so slightly but it will all come into account so that's like five or six different ways that you might not have realized you're burning calories but how you are burning calories and how they can vary up and down you've no real control over them as such um when it comes to like let's say psychological thermogenesis and you know um cold induced thermogenesis and things like that of course you can control your caffeine and nicotine and alcohol and the rest so then the last one I want to speak about is your NEAT or your non-exercise activity thermogenesis this is a mouthful but I'm sure you have heard of NEAT and it is basically the calories that you burn that doesn't include your physical activity so take out your gym session the movements that you do throughout the day that don't include that specific hour of exercise or whatever it is. So I spoke to you about the person um, working an office job, and they might be sitting at a desk eight to ten hours, not moving much. They are gonna be burning a lot less calories or moving a lot less um, than someone that is maybe like stacking shelves or, like I said, having really manual uh, job. So that is something to keep in mind as well, because if you're moving more throughout the day, Just moving, like taking the stairs, parking further away, um, just moving in general, like fidgeting, all of these come into account. If you're doing that on a daily basis a lot, then you're going to be burning more calories than someone that's just sitting at a desk all day and doing one hour of training. Sometimes it would actually be better to take out the one hour of training and increase their need for the rest of the day. So get them to get up every hour, go for a quick little walk, literally like a walk around the office and sit back down do that every hour rather than stressing out and panicking by trying to get to the gym in the evening time when you're already stressed and tired. Um, if someone has a highly stressful job. So neat is super important when it comes to that. And it's basically the exercise or the non-exercise, um, way that we would burn calories on a daily basis. So that's kind of, it I hope that's a little summary that will help you realize that there's a bigger picture when it comes to calories in versus calories out um you know, BMR and physical activity being a big part of that, but also things like your thermic effect of food and your NEAT being all, uh, two other big factors and all the smaller ones that I mentioned as well. So for you to be in uh, a calorie deficit or a negative energy balance, you have to either burn a little bit more calories or consume a little less calories. And how I would say to you to start tracking that would be if you don't want to track on an app like My Fitness Pal just write it down. So just start by writing down or tracking in my fitness pal, either or the food that you're eating for a full week. Weigh yourself at the start of the week and then do that for a week. Then weigh yourself at the start of the next week. Have you stayed the same or have you lost or have you gained? Give yourself a week or two. Two weeks is normally the best starting point. If you have lost, then you're in a calorie deficit. For the amount of energy that you've um, expended that week, so let's say your training stays the exact same, you do three times a week, you know, your daily activity stays the same. So for the amount of food that you're consuming that week and you lost weight, you're in a calorie deficit. So continue to do that if, if weight loss is your goal. If you've gained, then you're probably going to be in a calorie surplus and that means that you need to cut back a little bit on your food or else move a little bit more so that is just something to think about do that for two weeks assess tweak things do it again for another week assess tweak things that's how you do it so you don't even need um, a calculation or an estimate of calories that you should be on just start where you are now start tracking your food. And if that's on a notebook, fine, write down everything that you ate every day, everything you drink as well. And then look back on that at the end of the week. And if you haven't lost, then be like, right, where can I cut out here? What can I reduce if you can't increase your um, activity? And it's as simple as that. You don't want to do everything for um, everything at once. You don't want to exercise as much as possible and um, eat as little as possible because your body is smart and it will downregulate regulate all those processes i just mentioned so it will downregulate your bmr it will downregulate the amount of calories you burn through exercise it will downregulate the amount of calories you burn through neat so that's something to keep in mind is that you might think that you're doing the right thing by eating nothing and exercising a lot but your body is smarter than that and it will just be like right well i'm not going to burn as many calories as i usually burn through exercise through neat through your, your bmr i'm going to have to downregulate that and burn a little bit less to keep things under control So yeah, you should be tweaking things on a weekly basis based on how your assessment goes. So if your weight has gone down and that was your goal, keep doing what you're doing. If your weight has gone up and that's that's not your goal, if weight loss is your goal, then you either need to increase your energy or reduce your food or do a little bit of both. Dropping your calories by like 10% each week is ideal. Um, Like you don't want to be going all out and doing so much exercise and so little eating so little food that you can't maintain it so do things slow and steady and just means that you'll have more more tools in your toolbox that you can throw in when you need them so if you need to add an extra training session or add in an extra walk or run or you need to have space to drop your calories a little bit more at least you have it so that's it. That's where I'm going to stop. And hopefully that has helped you in some way realize that calories in versus calories out isn't as simple as it sounds sometimes. And there's more things that you can look at. And that might help you because you might be looking at the wrong things at the minute and and wondering why you're not making progress. So if that did help you, send me a message, let me know that you've listened to it and it helped. And I hope that you gained something from it. And I will see you again here next week.